0: Hi, welcome to Bumblebees, a podcast between pals. I'm your pal Rowan, and you're my pal this week, and I'd like to talk to you about a poem. The poem's first line and oft-used title is Do Not Stand at My Grave and Weep. Uh, I was first introduced to this poem in high school chorus when we sang an arrangement of it at our spring concert. I'm still partial to that arrangement, which was done by Laura Farnell, uh, though every arrangement that I've heard has been... Beautiful. Uh, this is a poem commonly read at funerals, which you could probably gather from the title. In my junior year of high school, my best friend Kara passed away in November, and I could talk for a while about how she loved music and how much being in our high school chorus meant to her. But I'll leave it at the statement that when Kara passed, my chorus teacher was the only adult in the entire building who let me sob and wail and never asked me to stop. Our chorus teacher, Mrs. Rob, was an incredibly powerful and capable woman that I looked up to in many, many respects, and was very close to, and after Kara's death, that increased tenfold. She pulled this poem for our spring concert that year. It was appropriate, it was heartfelt, and it's the one piece of music out of the dozens that I associate with Kara that actually helped me heal and live again. I have a specific line from this poem tattooed on my body. In fact, all four of my tattoos are in honor of Kara, and this song ranks high enough to be two of those four. Uh, It is not certain who wrote this poem, but it is currently credited to a woman named Mary Elizabeth Frye. Mrs. Fry lived in Baltimore in 1932, and was harboring a Jewish woman, Margaret Schwarzkopf, from Germany. The story goes that Margaret's mother was ill back in Germany, and when she passed, Margaret was devastated to be unable to go back and mourn at her grave. And so Margaret's kind host, Mrs. Fry, found herself scribbling this poem on brown paper bags. This story has never been proven or corroborated, but this is the generally accepted origin of the poem. There have been some claims that the poem is of Native American origination, but I couldn't find anything else about that online. So I'm gonna go ahead and credit this to Mrs. Fry. The poem itself is a simple one. It's 12 lines, it's a nice AABB rhyme scheme, and I'm going to read it for you now. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there, I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glints on snow. I am the sunlight on ripened grain. I am the gentle autumn rain. When you awaken in the morning's hush, I am the swift, uplifting rush of quiet birds in circled flight. I am the soft stars that shine at night. Do not stand at my grave and cry, I am not there. I did not die." It's beautiful, right? I was particularly drawn to the imagery of quiet birds in circled flight and had those words tattooed on my hip. My other hip hosts the birds in question. We could go on a technical analysis of the poem, we could discuss the tools used to be evocative and how it best relays its intention, but I think the poem itself says enough. I don't know if I agree with the sentiment expressed in the poem necessarily, but I think it's a beautiful thought, and if I could hope for anything, I would hope that Kara's death was passage to a less painful consciousness for her. I'm sorry to be so heavy on the podcast this time around. Uh, This is generally a podcast that I try to be incredibly upbeat and positive and enthusiastic about. And there's definitely a place for that, but it's been a really, really rough couple of weeks over here, and I know we're all trying to be safe because of COVID, but if you're blessed enough to hold close the ones you love, please do so. I will talk to you next week about something a little more positive.